we've looked very much into characteristics of you know Christian worker. We looked into the Church of the Living God because it is experience for those who will manage an organization to know what the organization is, what it's comprised of, and what it's composed of. And having known what the organization is and what it's comprised of and what it's composed of, I think the next important thing to know is what is your role? What's your job description? And now in looking at job description, we look at the topic, shepherding God's people. You know, brethren, the topic we're looking into now, the purpose of this lecture is to remind ourselves of our calling with the view of encouraging, correcting, and empowering ourselves for the task given to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Especially in this end time, because time is short. Whenever I teach ministers about their duty and roles as shepherd, I always begin by reflecting our mind to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 as a reminder for every minister throughout his life on earth. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now I I read the NIV throughout my lecture unless in some other instances that I would go into other translations. And the reason is because NIV is very, very simple and plain and straightforward. English. Now, if we look at this statement in this scripture, there is something I can read behind the line. The first thing is this. It's talking to Christians. It's not talking to the unbelievers. And the second thing is that it is strange that it indicates that all of us will stand by the judgment seat. Now, we know that we will be rewarded for our work. But there is something, there is a statement in this, in this phrase that really baffles me. And that is the end of the sentence. It says, whether good or bad. Now, which means that some of us will do bad things. Some ministers will do terrible bad things. Some ministers will do good things. Because if we would not do bad things, if we are not prone to do bad things, the Bible would never have said we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ that we may receive the reward of all what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. Having this in your contemplation, let us now go into what is the duty, who, who are ministers, what is a shepherd? Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 to 9. If we read Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 to 9, it tells us, you know, the, the, I will call it this, the um, storyline of shepherding. Whenever I read these scriptures, it gives me a deeper understanding of the origin, the function, the dangers, 
and the expectation. He began by saying, and now this admonition or this advice is for you, O priest. You know, most part of the scripture is addressing the church. But in this scripture, he addresses the shepherd. He says, if you do not listen, and if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not set your heart to honor me. Because of, because of you, I rebuked your descendants, which is the members. I will spread on your face the offer from your festival sacrifices, and you will be carried out, uh, carried off with it. And you will know that I have set you, I have sent you this admonition, so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him in co a covenant of life and peace. And I gave them to him. This calls for reverence. And he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth. And nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness. And turned many from sin. Then, verse 7. For the leaves of a priest ought to preserve knowledge. And from his mouth, men ought to seek instruction because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. So who is a shepherd? A shepherd is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. A shepherd is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. Now, if we look at this scripture, this scripture talks about who a shepherd is. But at the same time, it spoke about the expectation that is attached to the office. By God, not by man. Once you are appointed as a pastor or you are ordained as a pastor, what does heaven expect from you? God has expectations from you. Now, it is amazing for me to hear God say here that the admonition I have for you, O priest or shepherd, if you do not, why should God begin by warning? I think it suggests to us that this shepherd has failed. Now, in looking at this, therefore, why God is encouraging other shepherds and saying that thank you for your good work, thank you for caring for my people, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing this, and I will bless you and I will do this. But in this case, God is saying to the shepherd that I'm giving you your last chance. I am warning you seriously. So, in looking at God's discontent to this shepherd, we can learn what God's expectation is for a good shepherd. We agree together. The first thing he says is this. If you do not listen, so shepherds may decide not to listen to God. Shepherds may decide to listen to the people. I told you just in the previous lecture on, on, on the church of living God that the mistake of, of Moses 
You know, it's so strange. A man that has done so much in life only to be shipwrecked because of one, one little mistake. Because he listened to the people. We must avoid duplicating our listening. That is, instead of listening to God, which is the word of God, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about prophetic, I'm talking about written word. That is our manual of practice. Instead of doing things according to the written word, we must not allow the influence of people to dictate our doors. That would dishonor the king of heaven. Because the expectation of God over anybody anointed as a pastor, we do not anoint uh, uh, new converts as pastors. We anoint people that we have trained, they have matured, and we can prove it. Now he says, if you do not listen, and if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty. Can you imagine that ministers may not honor God's name? I will talk to you, if God permits me, about prevailing things that is happening on earth today, and show you how God has prophesied that in the Bible, which is happening today, which dishonors God terribly. But we understand, listen to God and don't dishonor Him. In your heart, in your heart. Then he says, I will send a curse. Which means if a minister continues <coughs> to do his will or follow what people are doing, this is the trend in our days. If that trend is different from the trend of the book of Acts, it is from the devil. It is from the devil. You know something? We don't pastor to impress anybody. Your church should not be built around pleasing man. It is contrary to the scriptures. Alright? When we look at the prophetic and the dilemma of prophets, I think maybe I will chuck that in here. You will see how God is angry with prophets who prophesy lies to the people. Jeremiah 23. Who want to please people. And he's not talking about prophetic office only, but he's talking about the priest as well. It says here, I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessing. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not set your heart to honor me. Now, let me say this to us. When we look into the attitude that brings curse, dishonoring God, you will discover that there are many ministers today that the whole world still look up in high esteem, but they are already cursed, because they have dishonored God. You know, when God curses a blessing, the blessing physically is still there. But the curse is brewing inside. By the time it eats up the timbers, according to the book of Zechariah, and the foundation, overnight you see them collapse without remedy. I would get that. Because you have seen the wicked grow and become mighty does not mean God has not judged the wicked or just has not judged wickedness. Nobody who contravenes him goes God free. Even the priest. Now for the own. He says, yes, I've caused them. already caused them. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. Now if anybody is under fathers who have derailed, get out from that place. Don't be loyal to a system that God has vacated from. Because you will be punished. You see, Christians cannot suffer generational curses. Okay? The Bible says that clearly. 
Every teaching about generational curse is a lie from the pit of hell. Alright? God helping me out. When I deal with doctrine, maybe on Thursday, we're going to look at all this camp. I'll show you what the scripture says. But a Christian can be cursed. Not by generational curses, but by his conduct. You can bring yourself under curse. One of the scriptures is that the Bible says that can a man rob God, yet he robbed me. Okay, Malachi. If you don't tithe in church, you come under curse. I would gather. The Bible says so. So, and here also, God says that because you did not honor me with your heart, you come under curse. So there are some things that the Bible says that Christians should not do. If you do it, it will trigger curses automatically. Not that God is just going to curse you. The curse will come instantly because it is a set standard of God. But if somebody put voodoo in his mouth and curse you, the Bible says he cannot, he cannot gather water. <laughs> like a sparrow, you know, a dirty sparrow who does not have a place to rest, a constant curse cannot come to pass. Hallelujah, somebody. So if believers understand what God has said that can trigger curses and they avoid it or shut the door against it, then everything will go bright for them. Now the Bible says here, even the descendant, why? Because the descendant of a liar is a liar. The descendant of a deceiver is a deceiver. The same way that the fathers follow, the sons follow, and it is that pathway that triggers curses. Not because God will punish the unjust. No, that's not what he's saying here. He said, I will spread the, on your face the offer from your festival sacrifice, and you will be carried out with them. The offer is the gods, when they take out an animal and they take the intestine and they put all the poo-poo out. That is the offer. And they put them together and they burn them. So that offer, poo, God said, I will put it on your face. That is just a metaphor. What God is saying is that I will disgrace you publicly. And you know, I say to ministers, we have had enough disgrace in the church. You don't have to be disgraced. We can make up our mind to follow the right path and we will not be disgraced. None of the apostles were disgraced. Why should we be disgraced? It's a matter of the path we follow. I don't want to be like anybody. I want to be like Jesus. And you will know that I have sent you this admonition so that the, my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord. My covenant was with him a covenant of life and peace. That is grace. Once you are a minister, you are in covenant of life and peace with God. I met some ministers who have said to me that, ah, it's always warfare. Warfare. When will you rest? When will you rest? The covenant with priests is life and peace. Hallelujah. No? The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against what? Principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness, rulers of wickedness. I will explain that to you in detail on Wednesday night. Listen to me. What rules in the kingdom of spirit is the word, not your physique. I have met some ministers before when I was just growing. He said to me that ah, I felt sick today because I was in battle last night. And you know, I wish to look at them that wow, this guy. Even one of them will say to me that Angel Gabriel came and then Angel Michael. And, and even he called Angel Uriel. I, I just celebrated it. I didn't know that there was no Uriel in the Bible, you know. Angel Raphael, he's not in the Bible, man. Angel Jawin, he's nothing like that in the Bible. <laughs> but he knows this, we heal them, we heal them, you know. Wow, he fights all the battles in the night. 
until I recognize that the Bible says the battle is not yours, but the battle is mine. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. We command angels go to battle. We don't battle anybody. We don't fight anybody. Hello? We speak. And then the angels go to action. Hallelujah, somebody. Is there any one of you that saw the devil and you were wrestling with the devil over the night and then he broke your limbs? Now, let me see. <laughs> we don't fight the devil. But we, we instruct and the angels go operation. The Bible says the covenant he gives us is life. We should enjoy life, ministers, and we should have peace. I love it. It says the instruction, verse 6, was in his mouth. True instruction was, no, verse 5 says, life and peace, and I gave them to him. These called for reverence, conduct, and he revered me and stood in awe of me. You remember, Paul said to Timothy, before I come, teach God's people, the family of, the, 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 uh, you know, God's uh, family, how to conduct themselves in the in household of God. The calling of a minister attracts Conducts. That is a conduct that goes with a calling. And it says that conduct is to reverence God. Reverence God. We can't behave anyhow in the church. We can't behave anyhow on the altar. This is a sacred place. It is the sanctuary of God. There are some people who say to you that, well, building is nothing. It's a lie. God asks, where is my house? And God said to another man, you will build house for me. Then he says that, even what you build, can it contain me? He said to Moses, build a house, which we call my own house. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, he said, after the sanctuary was blessed, God answered them and said, when they said, if we call upon you in this house, you will answer. If anybody shall turn towards this house and call upon your name, you will answer. You will put your name in the house, in the building. The building is God's. Once you say that it belongs to God, it is sacred. It's not a place to just behave anyhow. Or to do anything. Or ride motorcycle to the altar. Can you imagine that detestable thing? Yeah, I've seen ministers who done that. Road must have gone to the altar after some time began to teach people that when I speak in tongues, you can reply me. And they were displaying it in television. Then I was talking nonsense. I mean, they, they've just taken everybody in the church as a fool. Not all of us are fools. Some of us, at least, we, we, we didn't drink Gary before we slept. <laughs> we are still active, man. When the Bible says that he that speaketh in tongues, speak unto God and not unto man. So how can a man be discussing in tongues? Where did you get that from? Pits of hell. Some men who want to impress people so that they can rob them of some money. Now listen to me. I hope they will still like me because they are my friends, some of them. Now, <laughs> true instruction, he says, was in his mouth. And nothing false was found in his lips. Nothing false was found in his lips. Come on now. Nothing false was found in his lips. When we want to collect offering, don't let us lie. Okay? To lie and collect offering, the offering is already defiled. Oh, God is saying to me that there are ten people here who will give extra money. It's a lie. The God of heaven does not look for the pocket of man. He does not. He does. In prophetic, God's statement never goes that way. If God will speak about people, he will say that somebody here has this need. 
and this is what I'm doing right now. Another person has this need, and I'm doing this right now. God will not say that I have told this person or that person or that person to bring X amount of money. God don't say that to any prophet. Everyone who says that all over the world are liars. They are liars. Sometimes I feel like taking microphone from their hand and just open scripture to the people and say, this man is a rogue. It doesn't matter what name, what title you attach to them. There are many people in the church of God today who, who have dishonored God. They have gone after mammon. And the young ministers must not follow them because they bring curse upon themselves. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 that when you give offering, it says you should give according to your means and according to what you have decided, not what they have decided for you. It's different from a church. If you want to raise some funds for your building, you can tax yourselves. And including the pastor too. Hallelujah somebody. It's not that you tax the church and you are out of it. You must take the lead. If you don't take the lead, then you are a rogue. There is no other name for it, I'm so sorry. But let me say therefore, God cannot say to a man, if you go to anywhere, a man comes to the pulpit and begins to say that, well, somebody gave uh, 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 30,000 and he got 200,000, somebody gave this and he got this, they are all liars. You know what happened with them? If they charge the minister an amount for honorarium, they will tell the minister, I will raise the money. And I will raise yours too. They will come up and they will come with all these gimmicks, telling people that God said this, God said that. They say, there is somebody here who will give X amount, number of people give. And the funniest thing is that, I've been in some of the meetings before, when the minister said that, only 100 people and I will not go lower. And not up to 10 people came out. And then he says, all right, now, he now went lower. And he went lower to the lower to the lower, even to five pounds. I mean, I was saying that are the people stupid? I'm sure they must be casting spell on the people. Because the man of God says that we're not going lower. Why did he go lower? He's a liar. Oh, yes. Listen to me. The Bible says true instruction is in his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many away from sin. Now, before he went to define the role of a shepherd, for the mouth of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, and out of his mouth men ought to seek instructions, because he is the messenger of the living God. Now, let's go to the duties of shepherd. The primary duty of a shepherd, understand what we are looking into yesterday and today is, what is the church, and who am I as a shepherd? Alright? It says... The primary duty of a shepherd, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves. I love this. And it says, and all the flock. <laughs> I thought the primary duty of a shepherd is the flock. No, you first. You first. Sometimes we get so engrossed in people that we ignore ourselves and take ourselves out of what God is saying to you. It says, keep watch, alright, over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you 
overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. What are the secondary duties of a shepherd? That is the saying that if the primary duty of a shepherd is to take care of himself, all right, and the, the flock, understand the word taking care of yourself is very, very distinct. It talks about taking care of yourself as watching over your soul. Can I help ministers' wives here? You know, the most vulnerable people to adultery are male ministers. Do you disagree with me or you agree with me? Do you agree with me? I said the most vulnerable to adultery are male ministers. Because every woman will come to them. It seems as if anointing attracts women. Hallelujah. No, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm just, just sincere. And you see, the, f- the funniest thing with ministers is that they are just vulnerable because they take everybody at the face value. Am I saying something different, ministers of God? And we need a woman like them who mastered the terrain because she was born there, she grew there, she understood the terrain and she understood the sign language and she understood every, every devil and every demon. She does not need to be introduced to them. She grew among them. <clears throat> To be the oversight of that man. So that when as a minister you hear your wife say, be careful of this one. Don't ask her why. You didn't understand what I just said? Because the man will say that, what are you looking for? I mean, she's just an innocent woman looking for counsel, looking for the pastor to just bless her. Or she's looking for something else. Many men who fall into adultery in the church, it is because of the negligence of their wives. I went together. I can give you several examples. I've given you so much because today I have short time to finish all I want to teach you. Eh? I have been cornered by women who targeted to just corner me. Hallelujah. And I never knew. And really discernment did not operate until the Lord told me to look again. With the second eyes. When I was a Baptist pastor, a woman came to visit me when nobody was in. It was 11. Everybody has gone to work. Okay? And she put on spaghetti blouse. Perforated with her nipple coming out of the blouse. Okay? She put on a miniskirt. Is it miniskirt you call this one, Darichia? Hot pants. Is it hot pants or miniskirt? The one you reach up to here. Let me say something to you. My wife was not in England then. Some of my pastors are with me who were there at the time. They were all my members. Pastor Sidney and the rest of them. Pastor Adisa um, was there. And this woman was the leader of the choir. I don't know why. 
Choir is their first target. Then, to serve the pastor is their second target. Are you with me? No woman must volunteer to serve you. Okay? You ministers, listen to me very well. I will not, I will not die before my grave. Okay? There are people who are dead. Okay? But their grave is still not dug. They are walking dead. Women turn them to that. No woman come to me that I will serve you. I'm not that kind of man. You cannot penetrate like that. And if any woman comes to me, okay, if you cannot allow my wife to be there, I don't want to see you. Especially when I see that you are warmerous in your approach. Warmerous. Go and look for it in dictionary. <laughs> if my daughter will say, walking warmy warmy. <laughs> you are warmerously at me. When a, a, a woman is coming to see pastor and he painted this place yellow, this place red, and her, uh, 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 the eyelids that is there is a different one. That eyelid is like a tower. And he's going like that, shaking the eyes like that. You are coming for counseling for God's sake. Does counseling demand all this stuff? Then you need to what? Shut your door. And tell her, the man who counsel you is not alive. <laughs> He died 2,000 years ago. Okay? <laughs> Go back to the cross and die. <laughs> then you come for counseling. And the woman came to my house when my wife was not in. We were all praying for my wife to come by flight and all stuff. Nine months. Alright? And she came in. She was one of those who were praying for me for my wife to come. And you know what she did? She now covered herself with um, a shawl so that I didn't see her top. But I can see the. But you know, in my language, they said to you to yell like parofurino. The meaning of that is that a sparrow walks vigilantly. Okay? If a sparrow stretches wing, he can see by the wing. If you think he's not seeing the back, you are joking. So if any arrow comes from any way, direction, you see a sparrow duck it. <laughs> he will duck it. So. <clears throat> And she's very plumpy woman, everything tight. At the door, as I opened the door, knock the door, I opened the door. The first thing I sensed in this room was seduction who is not of her. I shook my head. Because you see, when I talk about deliverance, I'm not talking about praying for people for seven days. I have discernment as a gift. I can penetrate human body to know his spirit inside it by the grace of God. And I saw that he was sent to destroy me. And anger rose within me and the Holy Ghost suppressed it. Because, you know, when I was younger, I was a wild rocker. I was a wilder. It's different from now. I have some mercy. When I was younger, I didn't have mercy. Spiritually, I was still young. Power drunk. You mess up, I give it to you. You mess up, I give it to you. But now I have matured enough to know that I shouldn't just lay everybody like that. <laughs> By the Spirit of God, you know. So I was angry. I was going to curse her. And God said, no. And so she came and I said, sit down. She sat down. And I went to sit down. Up, because you have two uh, double sitters here. One single here, one single here. So I went to sit down on the single so that she wouldn't sit beside me. 
and I stretched my hand to where she should sit, to my left. She went right opposite me and sat down, threw her shawl away, and she opened up her laps like this, as she was not wearing pants. And she put her hand in her breast and said, that, hey, Pastor, I'm sick. It is here. It is here. And I call her name. I call her three times. She knows that that calling is not cordial. And I said to her, I gave you life. You want to give me death. I said, you are lucky. I will have cursed you to be mad. There was a woman who was sent to poison me one day. That I came into the meeting. And the Holy Spirit told me that, tell that woman to bring the banana that they gave her to give you. I said, come here. In the choir, come. Where is the banana that they decided to give me? Oh, she said, there is no banana. Huh? I said, you mean Holy Ghost lie? I said, and I will tell you to die. And she fell on the ground and she was dead. The whole congregation of ministers scattered. She was on the floor. She shivering like this. And her sister ran and covered her and said, Pastor, please, please, I'm sorry. She lied. She lied. She lied. Both of us are witches. We went to Russia yesterday. They gave us banana and she was confessing everything. So they gave us banana. They said, we will give it to you. Once we give it to you, we can overpower you. We have come to your dream to kill you. We could not. We have done this to kill And the pastors were shocked. So I looked at her. I said, stand up. And life came back to the body. That's why I said to you that sometime when I was young, you know, <laughs> it's, a <different laughs> it's a different ball game. You know, now I wouldn't tell someone to die like that. But at that time, I was being trained by God. That once God invests some power inside you, you must be trained on, on patience. She came back to life. There and then, she gave her life to Christ. Because you, she doesn't want to die. That type of salvation is salvation that can be fear. <laughs> oh, la, la. So this one, the Lord told me to calm down. And I said, do you know, I can curse you and you, you'll be mad. Nobody will heal you. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry, Pastor. She went out. The person who was sick now was running out. You women must protect your husband. And you husband must listen to your wives. It doesn't mean that every suspicion they have is correct. Okay? But to discern between their flesh, because they picked on a particular person, because they just didn't like the persona. To discern between that and the spirit, you can take a, a little break and see and watch, and you will know the truth. I will together now. The duties of ministers, I'm talking about that scripture says that ministers should watch over themselves. Watch where you eat. Watch what you eat. Watch who serves you. Watch who gives you meal. Don't just let anybody serve what you eat in your mouth. You can be paralyzed by people who are demonized. Because you have not guarded your mouth and it can lead you to not guarding your sexual appetite that would destroy. Now let's look at Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 2 to 4. 
It says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherd of Israel. Look at this against another warning. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherd <coughs> of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherd take care of the flock? Primary purpose. You eat the cords, clothe yourself with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You enjoy the benefits that come from it, and you do not spend yourself on the flock. You have, you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick. Or bound up the injured. You have not backed. You have not. You have, you have. You have not brought back the stray. Or shepherd. Or search for the lost. Right. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food. For all the birds of the air. Now that I will start from the last part. You know some of us have problems. Why is my church not growing? Why is this not happening? If people will come to the even your church. People will come but they will go. People will come but they will go. You need to pay attention to some things. It's no demon that is making them go. Alright. I will talk about that deeper. Maybe tomorrow or later on today. Your gift, bring the people. Your gift. If you move in miracles, signs and wonders and stuff, people come. Alright? Your structure is what keeps the people. But your knowledge of the word in teaching is what develops the people. Now let me say this to you. If you have prophetic gift, you have healing gifts, you have word of knowledge and stuff... People will come because of miracles. They will come because of those manifestations. Alright? If you have the gift of teaching of the word of God, and you teach them the word of God, they will grow and become mature. But if you have a poorer structure, when they are mature, they have no fulfillment. Because somebody matured is full, and he has to render service according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. The purpose of the gift, grace, is to develop the gift of others, so that they can also manifest. Now, if in your structure, people develop, they can do nothing because you don't have such structure. You don't run such structure. What will happen is that you begin to lose treasured people whom you have invested most of your life into and they are now mature. They can't do anything. They have nothing to do. They will go to another church and they will just lead prayer and the pastor will just call them associate pastor. Before you know it, they are gone. It's not Satan who took them away. It's your ignorance. I've met some ministers that tell me that, you know, people come in in the front door, the devil open the back door. There's no devil in the house of God that opens any back door. Because Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot. I love it. Let me say something to you. You know, witches send people, especially in England, I don't know whether they do that in Nigeria or other countries. They will come into your church 
like ordinary people and they will put coins on the altar. Okay? That's what they call it in Nigeria, Agbano. The witches in England do it a lot. They will come and throw coins in your church. You know, pennies. Okay? Sometimes they will come in sanctuary and say that we want to pray. And the sanctuary is open to anyone to pray, but they will throw stuff like that in your church. If that minister is not correct before God, they will penetrate. You will just see that your church begin to fizzle out, fizzle out, go down, go down, go down, go down, go down, and scatter. If you are a true minister of God, I'm not saying that counterfeit, but I'm saying that in the sense of a minister who follows the doctrine of Christ, you are a prayerful person. You pray regularly. The, the church of God, the, the, Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. If you are not such prayerful in the sanctuary, they will come into your, to your church they will destroy the whole place. They will destroy the whole place. It's not as easy does it. Problems will begin to erupt that should not be. I would mean that. If all your prayer to in your church is about demons, you are failure. Total failure. If you use the altar to manipulate people because you want to make money, because you want to, to, you know, any garbage you see, anybody, they call them great men of God doing you, put it in your altar. Your altar is defined. They will penetrate you. You know, God can't help you. Because, you remember, as long as you did not honor me, says the Lord, you are already cursed. And when God says a man is cursed, what God is saying in, 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 you know, in reality meaning is that I withdraw my protection. Okay? Now, when God's protection is out of your life, then you don't have an edge. The devil will attack your family, he will destroy your, your children, he will destroy your wife, he will destroy marriage, he will destroy church. People will start fighting for nothing. We need to know this. There is no cowboy in church. You've got to do it the way Jesus did it. If you don't do it the way Jesus did it, you're a mess. There is no tolerance at all. We either pastor God's people or we, we quit. And if you don't pastor them according to God's word, you know, <laughs> you will just become a field for fire. Look at what Jesus, what the Bible says in this place. It says, this admonition is against you like in the book of Malachi. It says, because the shepherd, my shepherd, my sheep wandered over all the mountains and hills because the shepherd had not kept. He has not shepherded them. Number one, the first thing he said is that the number one secondary, we know we're looking at secondary duties of shepherding. We will look at the primary duty which we have seen, okay, which is, you know, watch over yourself and watch over the flock. But now, how do you watch over the flock is the secondary duty. The first thing he says, strengthen the weak. Number two, he says, heal the sick. Number three, bind up the injured. Number four, bring back the stray. Number, number five, search for the lost. And number six, don't rule them harshly and brutally. Be careful of these things. <laughs> One of my members was diagnosed of cancer. So I went to the hospital to visit her. I didn't know that the nurses and the social service people were watching me. Because she said that daddy is coming. You know, you can't do anything to me unless my daddy approve it. So, and I went. And when I got there, the daddy they were expecting happened to be the minister. And the, the social worker watches my program on television. When I got there, I said, are you, are you the daddy? I said, yes, it's my daughter. So what's the issue? She said, Apostle Williams. I said, yes. Huh. He said, you came to the hospital. I said, why not? She is my daughter. 
She is a member of my church. She's sick. Will I not come to the hospital? Ha. She says, sir, sir, this is strange. Sir, sir, this is strange. She went and told the other one inside. They came out and said, eh? is it Apostle Yes, it's Apostle Williams. Where is he? We went there, brought me, took me there. And when we entered the room, I hugged her. You know, held her and hugged her, you know, began to speak with her. And they were watching me. The nurses were watching with the nurse. The doctors were watching. Other time I went, other day I went, other day I went. And after some time, they had to do medical review about her case. And she said, I'm not talking to anybody unless my dad is here. So the doctor called me and said to me that, Apostle, you know, your, 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 your daughter says that, you know, she wants you in the medical review. I said, oh, yeah, no problem. I will come. When is it? They gave me a time. I went. And when I went, you know, each time I go to the hospital, I always put on my cassock with my cross so that everybody can behave. <laughs> I would mean now, if I put on shirt and trousers, they will just brush me aside, unless I tell them who I am. But when I put on my cassock and my cross, once I appear, you and you know, when you have the cassock, you walk reverently. <laughs> Hallelujah. So. You don't walk like that. Like, yes, reverently. So we sat down, and when we sat down, you know, the personnel began to speak. Okay? And when they began to speak, I saw, because everybody introduced themselves, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And I said, well, I'm the bishop of Christ's tabernacle. And the father for, you know, this person. And they were all talking. And when they were talking, they were offending the law. Are you with me now? They were offending the law. So I turned to the head of the unit and I, I asked a question. And I said, I want an answer, yes or no. She rephrased her statement. I said, no. Yes or no. She said, no. I said, okay, on the premise of what you have said now, let me tell you. If you have said, yes, this is your implication in law. Now, this is the right of this patient according to law. Looking at the duty of care. Compared to the standard of care. Everybody sat up. It was after then they said, ah, my dad is a lawyer. Okay? <laughs> and from that day, everybody hands up. They were going to throw out of the hospital by force. And I had to, to corner them to know who among you will build the cart. That one will be the scapegoat. Everybody backed off. So I said, so leave that there. It's our tax money. But you see, the fact is that the people now said that, they came to me and said that, Apostle, when you came to the hospital, when they told us you are coming, we said you would not come to this kind of place. They said a man of your status will not come to this kind of place. May you never be like that. Amen. Let me say this to you. Whether you pastor two million church is useless. I was telling my members, you know, there are many people you celebrate on earth. We don't know them in the Congress of Heaven. <laughs> we don't know them. <laughs> they are gone a long time ago. God is raising new breeds. People whose word matter. Not people who will lie to the, to the country and, and tell them a prophecy that would never come to pass. Or speak in a generic form. When a minister should to tell the people what should take place thereafter. Because they haven't heard from the Lord. They give a generic word. That is because they have gone far away from the truth. If your member is sick, go to hospital. Okay? You are sick too. 
If they take your member to prison, go and be locked up there. You have the group in your church, of course. You to show up. Don't be so big that you cannot go and visit a member of your church in the hospital. What about if it's your blood child? Will you not go? So the hospital is your blood child. And the members is your blood child I'm talking about. You know, God, God marks things like this. They look insignificant, but he does mark it. Understand? Of course, we must have a system that takes care of each person, but we must be on the top of the reports so that we know if there's a person who really has a serious condition, no matter how busy you are. If you go there, don't you know what that would be? Really, in that hospital, it was not only her that I ministered to. I ministered to the nurses. The, the whole team of the... Um, you know, social people said, we are now members of CFT. Some of them have joined the church. Yes, pastor. They said, we have never seen a pastor like you. Not in this city. You? I said, what? If it was Jesus, I asked them, will you not come to hospital? Not only your members. Somebody may call you in your area that, oh, my, my mother is sick. Go there. Go there. You see, when we go to hospital, we don't have to stay hours there. Just for the, past, for the fact that you pass through and touch the person. It's enough for him. Primary care. Listen to me, brethren. Shepherd's work, you must understand the habitat and you must understand your job description. Not as men give you, but as God gave you. Now, characteristics of shepherds. I have just about 15 minutes more, isn't it? Characteristics of shepherds. Malachi 6, Malachi 2, 6 to 7. True instruction was in his mouth and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned away many from sin. Do you know, God told me to, to stop and go back. Let me show you something. In that Ezekiel that I read to you, 34, it says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherd of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign law says. Woe to the shepherd of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherd care, take care of the flock. Can I say something to you? There's a madness in Pentecostal movements now. Alright? That madness is the drive to buy jets. None of you should follow the madding crowd. This I'm playing in Nigeria. The people of Nigeria should know that they shouldn't follow mad people who present themselves as Christian leaders. Okay? Ministers pastoring large number of poverty-stricken people and buying jets. Tell me a natural sense justification for such thing. When the money you will spend in maintaining that jet can feed a thousand families and put them, give them livelihood. And moreover, you are not so, minister so busy that every day you travel from one, from the north to the south, from the south to the midwest to minister each time. That is three regions in a day. So much more that, well, if you go to the airport to wait for the natural plane, you will miss those ministrations. Now tell me why, why, why you need it. 
Some of them are buying two jets, three jets, four jets, and they are not competing about it. God will destroy the timber and it shall rot in a short time. He has covered the faces of many of them with offer and their nations will soon mourn. This is what the Lord told me. Listen to me. Don't join them. Don't join them. There are some people who are crazy too <clears throat> about crowd. God showed me a season that came, the wind blew, and all the crowd were gone. Write down what I'm saying, and you don't have to believe it, because you will live to see it. I saw some massive, endless auditorium. They sat down, and they put their hand on their shoulder in regret. It says that I will speak, and I will deliver my sheep. Don't follow any man who derailed from the scripture. Now, let me just even read this to you. What we're looking at this guy of, of, of ministry, of a shepherd. Look at this. Go to the book of Second Peter. I met some ministers who said to me that, you know, Apostle Second Peter chapter 2. They said to me, Apostle, you know, when people phone for appointments, you must make sure that you give them appointment for three months or six months or they will think you are cheap. Pastor? Oh, they said, well, in our Bible school, they told us that if we just see people like that, they will think we are cheap. So we have to give them six months so that they will really wait. Then they will appreciate you. And I said to them that if Jesus was doing that, the woman with Israel blood would not have been healed. Jairus' daughter will have been buried before and rotten before they call him. And Lazarus will have been totally decayed beyond redemption. Where did you see that from? Anywhere they needed him, he went. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are many systems. Same thing I will tell you this. You know, we are talking about honoring God. A minister is driving into a church meeting. A right or a conference. And the minister is surrounded by armed men. With several chains of escorts. Come on, come on. Somebody is mad somewhere. Oh, someone says that we are statement. I'm not a statement, I'm a God man. That is the reason why I can see and the statement don't see. That's the reason why the Lord can tell me what will happen in nations to date and time, and it's not subject to the approval of this statement. That's the reason why I can go to where the devil is and the statement is afraid. To step the territory. Don't follow them. Don't. You either choose that kind of life and God will withdraw his host. Or you choose to follow Jesus' life and God will give you host. I have seen people push out of the way. Okay? Because the minister is passing. Alright? And is wanting to minister to the same people if they push the woman with the issue of blood out of the way of Jesus, how will she touch the garment of the, of the, of the, of the, the hem of the garment of Jesus? Christ? Where did all this stuff come from? From the devil. The church of God in this last days, devil has his hand on the throat of the church. And we have to kick off his hand by following what Jesus says. I don't care for honor by anybody. That's why I don't go to any one of them for honor. 
I will never go to their camp or, or, or meetings because they gather themselves to lie to themselves. All manners of doctrines. Useless doctrines looking for money, looking for another thing to enslave the people and just, and just incarcerate them. They introduced several, several teachings. I was in Nigeria. They were asking me about some people who are doing redemption of firstborn. They are antichrists who do it. They are antichrists. The Bible says Jesus is the firstborn of the church. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and 29. If we have to do any sacrifice for our firstborn, then the blood of Jesus Christ is not potent. I cannot understand whether people do not read at all. At least we are educated. We are not stupid. The Bible says, as many who receive in God give them the power to become sons of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says that we know that in all things God is working for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. For those who have been predestined, verse 29, have also been, those, those who have been called have been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He may be the firstborn, firstborn, firstborn in church. Jesus is the only firstborn. There is no firstborn from anybody. And some people, Come up with all this nonsense again that firstborn are miserable. I am firstborn. I'm not miserable. And there will be some firstborn among you. I will never pay anybody offering for it. Somebody paid the price. Don't you tell me that people who do that will enter the kingdom of God. Don't follow them. Many of you don't understand that if the devil stand in a crusade and said, in the name of Jesus, blind will see. Lucifer. Blind will see. Because the Lord will back his name. Don't you understand? Simon the sorcerer was thought to be born again by everybody in the, con- in the country. They say he has the power of the Most High God, isn't he? Because he performed many magics. And when he followed Philip, Philip thought that, praise God, God gave us the treasures of darkness. It took an apostle who can see with the second eye to say that you're son of the devil. We have a good number of them in church. Look at what Peter says about them. Don't follow. Don't follow. Your destiny is not going to be made by any man. It will be made by your submission to Christ. He says, but there were also false prophets among the people. Just as there were false teachers among you. Now listen to what they will do. In the old false prophet, in the new false teachers... They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign, sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on them, on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways. Many ministers are following their shameful ways. You know, when I do minister seminar, were you charged here? Did you pay registration fee here? <laughs> Yesterday, when I anointed you, Somebody had a vision who was not in the service, but part of the, of the family. He saw angels. He didn't know he saw angels. The guy told me when I was parking there this morning, I said, Apostle, 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 I had a dream yesterday about the church. He's not in the conference. He didn't know what God said to us to do yesterday when I was teaching about angels. He said he saw some men, they were the height of the lintel, they walked into the church. In New Crosshair from the back of the altar. And he was looking at the men that, who are these? They are not human beings. They are not normal human beings. Then another set of people came and they were taller than the lintel. They had to bend to enter. And as he was watching that, he now saw some people as tall as the ceiling. And they came, they bent to their waistline to enter. 
And in a short time, the whole building was filled with these tall guys. He was so scared that he woke up from it. He said, Daddy, what is this? I said yesterday, what happened is what God showed you. You were not here because you are melting case. You don't even know that the convention is going. But yesterday was the day of angels. And the Lord said, anoint the people for sight. And interestingly, you already received sight when you are not even you are not there. Listen to me. Some of the things I say to you in a short time, many of you will catch up with it because of the things that God begin to do. But I'm telling you, if what I tell you is not in the scripture, give it back to me. If it is in the scripture, then do it. Look at what it says there. They will introduce secretly destructive heresy. Look at it. It says, many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, underline the word greed. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you. Today, I was amazed to hear that some people are selling Ribena and anointing oil. And people are buying it in the church. Some people have sold aprons before. And said that you pay 120 pounds for this. And I prayed over it's anointed. They all ran towards it. People ran towards nothing. They only took their money from their pocket. Time soon tested and proved that person. I would together now. We must be careful. Greed. These teachers will exploit you with stories that they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. Look, let me say this to you. If I have demons and I come to a minister, at least I have a problem. Why should the minister now charge me for the demon I have and complicate my problem? That is double jeopardy. That is double jeopardy. After all, no minister by his power can remove demons. It is Jesus who can do it. So because somebody, you know, used Jesus to remove demons, is, is it, is he, does he merit a wage for doing that? Then, because if you say he merits a wage, I ask you where is his labor? Because the laborers demand their wage. That's why Jesus said, for the gift of the Spirit, freely you receive and freely give. I will soon be over. You know, I always feel sometimes, I told them in my church, that I feel like opening your heart into two and putting the scripture there. A few days ago, while I was teaching the church, I felt like God caught me to pieces and just manifest me all over the world so that people can hear the truth. Characters of a shepherd. Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send you workers into the harvest field. We must be harvesters. No matter how anointed you are, go to the streets as well. At least sometime. I know we have duties. Let's go through bus sometime. Park your car and take bus. Park your car and go by tube. Don't graduate from tube. Where the common man is, Jesus will go. If we are not careful driving ourselves all over the whole place, we will become a prisoner in car. That we cannot go to market again. You know, as I am, I go to market with my wife. Yes, yeah, so 
is to look for trouble because when I appear in market in a short time, someone says, Ah, pursue this. Oh, he's like, Yeah, I'm fine. What are you doing here? I'm helping my wife in the market. And I have issues that people have come when they saw me pushing the trolley in the market for my wife. They can no, 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 you can't do that. Or I carry bags. No, you can't do that. These people, I don't know them. They, they are just, you know, people on the streets there. And they carry, they want to carry everything. I say, okay, no, okay, you carry this. I have a duty by God to serve my wife. I must carry one. I cannot evade my duty because of my calling. My calling did not eradicate my duty. I am a father. I am a husband. Everything God expects a husband to do, God expects me. If I fail, I will be punished. You remember? Either good or bad. I drive my wife to the, to the, to the, to the, to the uh, market. I can't go shopping because it is not born in a man to do that. Men are not born to shop. Women are born to shop. It is a grace from heaven. God gave them. They will go from shop to shop, from shop to shop, from shop to shop. They can be there for one hour, two hours. And when they come, they come with two lilo, two uh, uh, bags. I mean, they are pleased with it. But a man for two hours just going from door to door shopping, he feels miserable. Alright? So when I'm going, I carry my books that could mean to me, sit in the car. You want to shop, a cup of tea? You want to shop or get out somewhere and just sit in the restaurant and just have myself you know, pampered. You want to shop, shop for seven hours, God bless you, as long as you come to meet me. But I will make sure that I make use of all my hours that you're shopping. You finish shopping, call me. Darling, I'll finish shopping, all right? I'll pack up what I'm doing. Where are you? I'm in this shop. I will go to the shop. Okay, now, can we have, carry, whatever, what I shop, carry the shopping and start going home. I will never be anointed beyond shopping with my wife. In Jesus' name. <laughs> To be a prisoner in your own house. May God not let it be. <laughs> now let me give you the last part of it. God blesses the shepherd. God blesses the shepherd. Hosea chapter 4 verse 17 verse 7 to 13. You see this Hosea is where we are going to stop. For this session and we go for our lunch. Hosea. Chapter 4. You know, one thing we have been seeing is that in looking at um, verse 7, sorry, Hosea chapter 4, verse 7, in looking at God rebuking people, we also see God instructing people. Let me read from verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Okay? In another words, lack of knowledge is consequential to destruction. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also have rejected, I also reject you as my priest. So a priest who does not read the Bible, God rejects. That's what God is saying. If you read Bible only to preach, God will reject you. You must read Bible to know your life. To improve your life. Like ordinary Christians. Like you tell your members to study, have devotion. You must have devotion too. But when you want to preach, then you study for preaching. You have the primary duty of a believer. 
and then you, you, you have the ministerial duty. He says, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law, which is the word of God, the law of God, I also will ignore your children. Okay? That is a serious thing. He's not talking about spiritual children, he's talking about your biological children. Now look at verse 7. The more the priest increased, so God can bless the priest. You can increase in power. You who they don't know before, you may become the most, most voice in the city. Alright? You who nobody recognized you before, you may become the richest in the city. God can increase you. But you know, unfortunately, he says, the more the, the priest increased, the more they sinned against me. So this is not a new thing in the church. It has been always. Because God increases us and blesses us, that's why we must revive him not to sin against him. We mustn't allow the glory to gain to our head. It says, they exchange their glory for something disgraceful. This is what's happening among us too. It says, they feed on the sins of my people and relish their wickedness. And it will be like people, like priests. Is that not interesting? There must be a distinction between the behavior of ministers and their members. Because the ministers should be the matured one there. Then he says, I will punish both of them. That is both the church and the priest. For their ways and repay them for their deeds. They will eat but not have enough. Did you see that? No matter how a person can be. Look, let me say this to you. All the leaders of the world who are in having all the big churches. You only take decision of God. The people... Honor them, we vote them out. They vote them out. They only need to just be stared by God to do that. And that person today you heard about his fame, now he's no more. And it's a lie. Alright? We must not think that there is a success that you can get to that you can never come down. No, it doesn't happen with God. Even <laughs> this, this, this I want to say is very hard to say. There is a man I know who was extremely rich. A minister of God. Very, very powerful man. He would, go, he would just say to me that, well, I'm going to seek God. When he says that, 40 days, no food, no water. I live with him. Okay? But in his days, he will be calling people witches and demonized. My knowledge of God at that time was of course, less than now. But I always argue with him that why would you call them witches? That's a person that he broke many families by calling the wife witch. Huh? And that they are doing deliverance for the woman. I don't know how they got it to be. But of course, I, would, I probably will explain this to you. If you tell a, a, a member of the church that you are possessed and he's not possessed, okay? Now, and that member believes that he's possessed. What happens? Demons enter because he opened the door. He wasn't possessed before. But he honored you as God's voice. And what you said, he believed that God said it. And once he's conceded to that, he's vulnerable. Okay? Because the woman they said was possessed was brought to me and I looked into her eyes. She has nothing in her. Okay? At that time, the husband was about to throw her out of the house. Because they took the woman in, said that she's possessed, and then the woman, they did the kind of prayer they did, and the woman began to strip herself naked physically among them. So the wife, the husband saw this. And then the woman began to see all things like hallucination. And the husband said, I saw it with my eyes. I said, bring your wife. And when they brought the wife, I looked into the eyes. I said, this woman is clean. Take me to the pastor. 
He's my senior that I respect. And when we got him, I said, Daddy, you got this wrong. This woman is not possessed. He, he recognizes my prophetic office. He can argue it. I said, she's clean. And then they said, what about all these manifestations? And I told them. Somebody slept after Panini Vineyard. And another one came and saw the tears. Demons will manipulate the mind of people if they can believe it. That man broke many families. But you know, when he tells everybody that they are possessed, he never tells my wife that she's possessed. Because we all live in the same compound. <laughs> we are living in his house. He has a very big compound. We have flats all over the whole place. And he has flats and stuff. Let me tell you this. He ended up on a wheelchair. And they are wheeling him all over the place. Looking for someone to pray for him. That is the man. Let me say this. That man, when Pastor Adibu of Redeem was born again, he was one of those who trained him. He trained Pastor Adibu of Redeem in believers' class. All right? They were pushing him. The day they, they took him to go and see Pastor Adibu, he couldn't see him. Because the crowd was too much. A man God used mightily. Why? He shipwrecked many lives in the name of the Lord. Lying. To this deliverance stuff. Okay? Be careful. The more the priests increase, the more it gets to their head. He says, and it will be like, like priests, like people like priests, I will punish both of them for their ways and repeat them for their deeds. They will eat but not have enough they will engage in prostitution, but not increase. Because they have deserted the Lord. Priests can desert the Lord to give themselves to prostitution, to old wine, to new, which take away their understanding, the understanding of my people. And it's talking metaphorically here that, about this wine issue. They consult a wooden idol. They end up in image and are, and are answered by a stick of wood. A spirit of prostitution lead them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. They sacrifice to the mountain, on the mountaintop and burn offering on their hills. Under oak, poplar, and, and terebin, where the shade is pleasant. There, your daughters turn to prostitution and your daughters-in-law to adultery. Now, what we have looked in here, and all what we have been exploring is shepherding God's people. It is a thing to be called. It is a thing to be anointed. That is to be appointed function in line with the regulations that guard shepherding. So in this lecture, therefore, we have looked into the definition of who a shepherd is. We have looked into the primary duty of shepherd, the secondary duty of shepherd, and we are looking into the conduct that is, that is, you know, that God spoke about shepherding. I want to say something to you. If God called you, that God will lead you if you can let him. Alright? There are some people who are successful and they present it to other people as if they follow a particular stuff to make them successful. No, let me tell you, success is just what God has ordained. It's not because of seven steps you are successful. <laughs> Why seven steps can help you in discipline as noble. Take you out of ignobility into nobility. Alright? Seven steps. There are people who do more than your seven steps and they don't have what you have. Because 
destiny has ordained for everyone what it will be and how far we can go in life. So understand this. The bottom line is to be faithful to the call of heaven and to run the church of God according to the instructions of the Holy One and He will give you the good reward. The Lord strengthen and bless you. Well, those of you who are watching this program, you can send questions to me if you have any questions regarding the things that I've been speaking. We are looking into who is a shepherd in line of understanding what God says about the, the, the territory, that is the jurisdiction, that is the church itself. A, part, a minister cannot successfully run the church without first understanding who is the church, what is the church, and what God says about what you meet in the church. Same time, a minister cannot be successful without knowing his job description, his role, his role profile, his duty, according to the instruction of God. And if a shepherd lacks knowledge of that, there is tendency for him to start looking at what is happening in the whole world and a lot of errors that have bombarded the church of God and copy many things that people are doing. And at the end, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that we may give account unto the Lord for all what we have done, why in the body, whether good or bad. Until the next time I come across your path, remain blessed. God bless you all.